0: Hello, PassionPod72, which actually is nothing short of a miracle. I'll just let you in on a little secret that this one has been bubbling for about two years. I kid you not. Uh, Just bonkers. So emailing technical issues, babies being born and not mine, I hasten to add. You'd have heard about that by now. So lots of to and froing, uh, which is what makes it even more exciting to be able to share my natter with Lily this week. Lily is the founder of Lexi Sports, which is a female sportswear brand. You'll hear more about it now. As ever, hopefully super inspiring for you. And also quite excitingly this week, Mr. Entrepreneur himself, Richard Reed of Innocent Smoothies features in Lily's story. So, you know, all glitz some glam around these parts i tell you right let's get
1: cracking you're listening to passion pod number 72 with lily rice from lexi sport
0: groovy right lily let's go shall we ready to roll Yep. okay amazing so in a nutshell let's start with the basics nothing complicated lexi sport what is it
1: so lexi is a women's sportswear brand and we're designed by women for women and we make everything in great britain
0: amazing it's not like you practiced that before or anything yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so to so t- have an official spiel but I never actually remember it so I just say what it is
0: <laughs> oh yeah that sounded very professional so if I was to look at something Lexi Sportish what sort of style do you guys go for what's your sort of yeah your theme I guess I don't know much about fashion so apologies <laughs> if those aren't the technical terms
1: well the kind of idea behind Lexi is creating pieces that inspire women and girls into sport and um, so we create pieces that we think that they're going to want to wear um i think like one of our big issues was that our competitors in terms of the big boys um they're great now they're much better but before we launched and when we were launching a lot of them you know had men heading up the team or they were brands that were started as menswear brands and so their women's offerings were pretty like lackluster a lot of them we always say like pink it and shrink it like they take the men's stuff they make it slightly smaller and then they get oh let's make it pink <laughs> and give it to us and,
0: and yeah we all love that don't we yeah
1: exactly especially it's always that lemon salmon pink oh, color. rank like, it just looks like a sausage it's bad
0: uh, so <laughs> women wrong. wandering around as sausages love it every yeah. gym watch out <laughs> when
1: you feel most vulnerable as, as well like when you're exercising you're at the gym you know maybe you don't feel great you're a bit sweaty and then they're like yeah look like a sausage brilliant <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah we tried to kind of you know do the opposite create pieces that you would want to wear outside the gym as well as in it so a lot of that is like applying kind of my technical and my performance background but in a way that's really kind of clever and attractive so we use a lot of power mesh which is a really nice um mesh and we use a lot of angular panels and stuff Uh, and then one of our big things as well is creating prints so we'll create um yeah I love
0: that on your leggings you've got great prints on your leggings
1: yeah which like it's great because they stand out but they're also really cleverly considered so like The base colours we use a lot are quite dark, so that, you know, if you're a bit conscious, it's still not, like, totally out there and...
0: Yeah, but it gives a bit of a jazzy compared to the plain old black ones that we all wear all the time. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's kind of what we do. You know, we have a lot of art deco inspiration because that was when women's sportswear kind of first started and angular points and stuff often look really flattering on female forms and things. So it's just really like kind of working from the female body and looking at kind of all shapes and sizes of female body rather than just kind of like your average athletic look because you know we're all different and and thinking about that and thinking about what we might be conscious of or what we might want to show off and and trying to do that
0: oh it's wicked that's so good like so cool to have a bit of an idea in a nutshell the best way is people to look at the photos as well we'll put some photos obviously up with the podcast but that could be our like visual aid to it (laughs) um tell me take me back what was your background how did you get into setting up lexi sport
1: I was always really interested in fashion. I always kind of wanted to work in fashion, but I guess I kind of didn't really at that point know what the job roles were other than kind of design. And then alongside that, I'd kind of always been into sport, but I was kind of mostly into football and things like that. And at that time, there kind of wasn't a lot of women's sportswear that was appealing especially like as I moved from being you know younger to being a teenager where I was kind of more conscious of what I was wearing yeah Um, and so it kind of the two paths kind of met I was studying um my foundation at Central Saint Martins and I started a course of fashion at Bristol at UE but I kind of felt like it wasn't quite right. So I took a gap year and then while I was on the gap year, they started the uh, sportswear course at Falmouth, which at the time was the only one. So I was able to kind of jump onto that one using my credits from my first year and, and move into the first graduating year of that.
0: Um, Amazing. That was lucky, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm really lucky. I've had a lot of kind of serendipitous kind of happenings, you know, that meant to of, be's. Yeah, definitely. And so yeah, I was really lucky being able to transfer as well. And I think I was quite lucky in that I had supportive parents who actually discussing it with them later were like apparently really worried about me because I said you hey, <laughs> know, I want to this course and I want to go on a Gap Year to Australia and apparently my dad definitely thought I would never go back to uni and was really like stressing about it, but they never said that at the time. They were like, Okay, do what you want to do. Oh, bless them. Yeah, I know. So yeah, I did that. I graduated from that. And then, um, again, a really lucky opportunity to go out to Sri Lanka and work on their fashion week, doing a sportswear collection with one of their, like, really top-end factories.
0: How did you um, get onto that? Was that as part of the course then? No,
1: so it was just, um, like, a contact of the people that run the course. Basically, Sri Lanka, at the time, had these amazing factories. They make so much stuff. It's really weird. Like, if you check your knickers, <laughs> most of the time it says made in Sri Lanka. I'll
0: be, um, I'll be doing... St- that straight after we've chatted, I'll everyone be looking at their knickers. We She's can not blame not it
1: on you. She's in her pants. <laughs> um, so yeah, like they make those victoria Victoria's Secrets, Marks and Spencers, David Beckham at H and M, all that type of stuff. And then they also make a lot of night sportswear, a lot of swimwear. But they don't have, or they didn't at the time, have the kind of design facilities that we do. So the idea was to kind of match designers from you know here with their amazing factories to show what the factories can do.
0: Amazing. Um, what a cool opportunity, though, that.
1: Yeah, four months living and working over there was amazing and, wow. and you so much. So that was a really kind of good, you know, springboard to start with. And then from there, I went to work for Umbro, who at the time were owned by Nike. So it was you know a really amazing company to work for
0: and what was the job that was that as a designer did you start there or what was the yeah, role? yeah I
1: worked as a, a performance sportswear designer Um so I was working on the football kits but you know and I really enjoyed it and I got to travel a lot and learn so so much and I met loads of amazing contacts but the issue for me was that I always knew I wanted to do women's wear because like I said I'd always kind of had this problem and noticed that there just wasn't this sportswear out there yeah uh, so yeah it sort of it came to a head and I was like you know I want to leave and I think I'm going to do freelance and I think I'm going to you know, try and learn a bit more and then I'll set up a business. And then I was just in the car one day and heard... Um, Richard Reed, who started in Smoothies, on, I think it was, oh, I can't remember his name, the cute one from Radio One. his,
0: his show <laughs> oh, It depends on your taste and cute one style, I'm not going to comment. <laughs>
1: show. Everyone can kind of vote on that one. Um, but yeah, basically advertising this show, which they were kind of pitching as like a younger dragon's den, kind of saying like if you had a business or a business idea, you could um, apply, and, and Richard was looking to fund. Or so I was like, well, you know, I've got this idea, and that's kind of how it started.
0: Oh, amazing. And so then I guess it was the case of like kicking things into gear in terms of I don't know had you got a business plan or stuff like that how did you then go about the next stage?
1: Well I I applied and I obviously had handed in my notice and was kind of like oh, I'm going to do freelance so it was really weird because at the time my husband who was my boyfriend at the time um, he was living up in Surrey and I was like well I'll spend the summer in Cornwall when your house lease comes up I'll move out, we can move in together so when I actually got the call for the show I was basically kind of homeless um, oh, sort God. of like living at my parents who just downsized so I was like in this time cozy yeah lovely (laughs) Um, with all my stuff because I had a house before so like I'd moved everything in oh my Um, god and so then yeah and then we had to go and pitch to Richard and there was like I think 500 of us in this big expo and so I took some previous stuff I'd done and like I was saying you know this is my idea but that was it that was all I had like was an idea like I had nothing else Um, and then we had weeks to film the show and we had to do the plan during six weeks God,
0: it's like intense time, right? It was like yeah. full on. Um, but and it
1: that- was good. And, and I always say, like, people always say to me, you know, I'm not sure whether to start or, like, I don't know how to do my business plan. I guess for me, like, I didn't really have a choice because if I wanted the opportunity, I had to do it. So I always kind of say, look, just, like, set yourself a time limit and force yourself to do it and see what happens. Yeah, because
0: that had kind of given that to you by being part of that process anyway. It kind of, mm. yeah, sped things along, I imagine. Um, um, well, how did you make things work financially? with all of that stuff like I guess when you went freelance you you had some clients up your sleeve and stuff like that but I'm always interested oh, no. in how <laughs>
1: no no I was just like oh you know I'll go freelance it'll be okay and then actually at the time I'd started speaking to um, someone else who owned a sportswear business and, and we were sort of talking about um, me getting on board with that like the idea was that I was going to intern for them and freelance to kind of supplement the income and then even like wait staff and stuff like that was kind of my idea and then actually while well, we filmed the first bit of the show before Richard gave me the money. I was, like I said, in Cornwall, sort of between there and my boyfriend's. So at that point, I was just living off like my last wage packet and my boyfriend. Um, And then when I moved up to Surrey, which was like in the late August, September, um, I got a job in a shop. I worked in phase eight. I worked in a shop. And I was that really rubbish employee that used to like check my phone while I was on the shop floor really secretly. And I'd, I'd be getting like emails from like Vogue and I'd be like, oh, I just need to respond to this email. Can I just go to the toilet? That kind of thing. Uh, I was just a very good salesperson. I have, you know, I was on it. I was all about like, the wedding outfit. But, um, but yeah, it was that multitasking.
0: Kind movie. of handy though as well, actually, doing that kind of work, funnily enough, with the business that you were setting up. I mean, there's no harm either because it kind of, you know, it's all in the sort of vaguely same world, I guess, you know.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I've worked since I was 13. My first job was in like a Chinese takeaway, taking orders. But like I've done everything since from like fast food to waiting to bar staff to loads of retail loads of retail but it definitely paid off because it means that I can talk to people it means I feel confident you know pitching and doing sales and I've got the experience of being the consumer you know the two sides of it yeah. so, so I would definitely like especially if you're kind of younger and you're thinking of setting up a business I would definitely say it's like a good way to get started just to do some kind of retail or, or at least public work
0: yeah to learn how to and you know to interact with another human always a slight <laughs> benefit uh, Lily tell me what have you found the most challenging thing about setting up Lexi what, what's been the most tricky thing for you
1: Um, the whole business side of it I did a business A level I did really enjoy doing a business A level but obviously that's super basic sick Mm. Um, and I just find it really hard I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic and something else with numbers and I just (laughs) like a few other
0: letters after your name
1: (laughs) excel was just not my friend I just hated all that side of it so I enjoyed doing like the business plan and planning out but for the first year my dad had to come up and spend like a weekend with me to help me sort out my orders because it was just a mess. Like I yeah. had some kind of system, but it wasn't a sensible system. So it was that stuff. Putting that in place was really hard.
0: How do, how does that work for you now? How have you found a way around that? What what's been your sort of solution?
1: I think accepting help and advice is like a huge thing because. When you first set up, you're so excited and you think you know what you're doing. And actually, like, loads of the advice I was given I would ignore. And I didn't think I was ignoring it, but I was just kind of like, well, you know, we plan to do it this way. We'll try it this way. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, they were right. Um, So (laughs) I think if I had my time again, I'd listen a lot more to people. And also, like you said, yeah, putting in systems and just sticking to the systems.
0: You beat me to it. My favourite question (laughs) is to ask people, if you were to do it again, or what advice would you wish you'd been given? You're all over it lady
1: i mean the thing is it's so hard because obviously everyone says that like, hindsight is an amazing thing but it's like my boyfriend used to own a business before i met him and he, he whenever i was doing stuff he was always like you know you're spending way too much money on this this and this and i'd be like yeah but i need it because it's about the brand and i'm creating the brand and blah 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 and then in the end i was like you know i wish i hadn't i wish i just spent the money on product and then richard always used to say to me try and get other people on board try and build a team and it's really hard i was like well, once you've got a business and it's going then there's something tangible there when it's just an idea you can like get everyone involved when it's an idea and try people out because there's nothing to lose like people get worried about like oh they might steal my idea well they might but someone else in the planet is going to have that idea anyway so like i wouldn't worry about that but like once you've got a business then there is something physical that you've worked at and then i think it's a lot harder to get people on board at kind of a co-founder level you'll always feel like it's your baby so i wish i'd got people on board sooner that was something i didn't do and i wish i'd done
0: but you've got team of people now haven't you you've got people now that help you out
1: yeah I mean mostly I work with a lot of freelancers and when I say freelancers a lot of them are like friends contacts people like that that just kind of either help out I have people that help out just to help out and I have people that you know I pay a little bit to or people I do pay but generally it's all very um
0: as you go sort of type stuff
1: yeah. And just like really cool stuff. Of, I, You know, a lot of people I would now say are friends, but I met them through the business. So they were like a startup. I was a startup and we could work like photographers, you know, where I was like, look, you shoot the stuff. I'll organize the model. We'll share the images, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, working together. And that's really cool
0: yeah also it's that trade exchange I think can be really helpful can't it swapping your skills can be a real way forward especially at the early stages when you know there isn't a load of cash flying around
1: definitely and obviously it's amazing on the financial side but I also just think it like builds a really good vibe and one of the things I learned kind of early on was just like when you start in fashion you think it seems so unattainable and then when you actually go for it you realize like how small the world is and so like working with other people building really good vibes is just like a really good thing to do because you never know when like that small startup that you're working with is then going to blow up and then you'll be really thankful that you knew them you worked with them and you had a good relationship with them and stuff so it, it's good all round.
0: oh it's so inspiring sweet hearing you say this stuff i kind of feel like i wish i wanted to be a designer <laughs> lady sportswear designer Dahl, i know we talked a bit about advice but are there any other bits and pieces that you think that you've been given or any other things that you you know, you might want to tack on to the stuff we were talking about earlier.
1: Um, I guess like Richard always kind of said, or i would heard him say before, he would always employ someone who'd tried to start a business before over someone who hadn't and I definitely think giving it a go whether it succeeds or not or whether like I always kind of say as well like you might start it and then it might evolve to something that you haven't thought of at all like it's always much better than sitting on an idea and thinking oh I wish I'd done it and for me I kind of the skills the people the opportunities I've had through Lexi have you know totally outweighed any kind of worry over not doing it so I mean that's a big thing for me is kind of like yeah just go for it you've got an idea obviously you want to put the plans in place and try and forecast as best you can go about it sensibly but at some point you just have to make a leap and you definitely should you've been listening to Passion Pod number 72 with Lily Rice from Lexi Sports
0: She speaks the truth, right? Thank you so much to Lily. Just so great to have finally got that chat together um, and some brilliant advice. Just so, so wicked to be able to share it with you. If you want to listen to a few more of these, don't forget you can find us on iTunes. If this is not quite enough inspiration, you need another little dose. There's loads of them on there. As we said, Lily's number 72, so plenty to take your pick from. All sorts on there. Builders, actors, wine tasters, hand balancers... Chefs, foodie people, textile designers. I mean, there's a right old mixture. If you think we're missing anyone though, by the way, please let us know. You can find us on Twitter at PassionPods or ping us an email, head to our website, passionpods.co.uk. Uh talking of the mixture, next week, freelance political journalist. Just how we roll. Tell ya. Uh really looking forward to chatting to him. Um so make sure you join us for that. In the meantime, have an absolutely awesome one.